0: Hey, Craig. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready for some nerd ball?
1: All right. So I have, I've started this tradition and it's probably my least favorite tradition I've started, but I went all out this week and I, this is the most lines of anything I've written. So apologies uh, to everyone, but I've got spreadsheets on my laptop, my favorite stat defensive rebounding percentage. I've got Ken Pomeroy. I've got Jordan Sperber waiting there for me. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. In Pullman, we have a nerd who cares about analytics. Yeah. Okay, there we go. (laughs) Was it, Did, did you know what? What song that was and I butchered enough that it was No. Wasn't a parrot. Okay. It's no a Weezer idea. song. <laughs> it is a Weezer song. Thank you, Kyle. Oh. Spoiled the surprise. Spoiled um, the
0: surprise. But,
1: all right. Welcome everyone to episode something, eleven, eleven. of Podcast versus everyone. Uh normally this would have been an emergency episode, but it hit right when we were gonna schedule anyway. Um so with me, as always, is Jeff Newser. And a very special guest tonight is—we've uh, robbed him, taken him away from Cougar Football Saturday cast. Of course, they weren't doing anything anyway. Um, Kyle Sherwood. Hey guys, uh, I feel
2: like you guys have been uh, sitting in this nice hot tub for like for like four months, and I'm like going to come over here and when I sit down, the whole thing's going to overflow and it's going to be <laughs> really gross. But let's let's hope it feels good too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Have we do, been doing this for four months? Jeez. I don't
0: kind know. Of, it's almost three.
1: You guys are getting it's, pruney. I
0: know. Yeah. Just little.
1: <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, the reason we have Kyle on, the reason why we're a little excited, the reason why I sang that ridiculous song, um, WSU has its basketball coach, and his name is Kyle Smith. Uh, that's the main reason we brought Kyle on, because he has the same initials. We all know each other. Yep. Every Kyle S knows every Kyle S. So we're looking for special insight. Uh, But um, this was uh, obviously a Clay Thompson's choice of coach. And I think we've all had the, uh, what, four hours to absorb the information. And I think we might all be as excited about Clay about this. What are you thinking, Jeff?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. Um, should we do the beer first before we get into too much coach oh, talk? Oh
1: shit! Yeah, I was so excited. You about were the so coach, excited. We were just All gonna right. skip
0: right to the coach talk.
1: All right. Well, Fine. We'll talk about beer. <laughs> what what, what are we, uh, if
0: I twist your arm, right?
1: Kyle, are you drinking something?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not much of a beer drinker during the uh, during the fall and the spring. Like you guys know me, I, I I'm more of a uh, it's got to be like real hot out to to drink a beer. I'm, I'm a very much a summer guy, and the other the other nine months out of the year, I, I'm more or less drinking brown liquor. So uh, tonight I I I, uh, I brought out the Basil Hayden and uh, and yeah, made myself a little old fashioned here, but uh, I brought the bottle downstairs with me, so I'll just keep filling it up with straight bourbon once I'm done with this.
1: And how would you rate that old fashioned out of five, um, nerdy ass coaches?
2: Well, here's, here's how, here's how I would label it. It's, it's a, uh, it's a mid-level, it's a mid-level bourbon that can actually, uh, that can perform as well as the, uh, as a lot of the top, the top tier bourbons that you're going to see on the top of your shelves. So I, I, I think that, uh, I think it's, it's a bourbon that outperforms, uh, out, outperforms its price range. So, uh, I, I think I think it's very fitting for this evening.
1: Ah, oh, very good. All right, Jeff, what are you drinking?
0: So tonight I'm drinking a slow turbo double IPA from Hoofhearted Brewing. Hoofhearted. Hoof. Hoofhearted. Hearted. Um, yeah.
1: Right. Longtime listeners will That's understand right. that. right.
0: <laughs> Longtime listeners from like three weeks ago will remember that. Um, yeah. So slow turbo double IPA. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, slow turbo is the, uh, is kind of what I'm hoping our offense will be like. I know Kyle Smith likes to play kind of slow, so I'm thinking slow, but like turbocharged kind of like, uh, Tony Bennett's team. So, so that's what I'm hoping for is uh, a little slow turbo action on the offense.
1: Cool. And what do you think of that beer?
0: Well, I just poured it. So hold on.
1: Oh, Come on, you, sir. We don't have time for this.
0: Sure you do. We got all night. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's uh, it's really good, and uh, I give it like four and a quarter new coaches. What do we call it? What, what was the? I don't even remember what the rating system was.
1: It, it doesn't is. matter. It Whatever. Really, honestly, it does not. That matter.
0: was really good though. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, celebratory beer.
1: Yeah. I have I have three beers stacked up over here. Um. Two. One is my sidecar beer that I always crack later, but. So I actually, I had, I had a beer planned all week. Uh, it's a little bit of a downer. I'll go into that one first, and then I'll get into um, the beer that I got special for um, the hiring of Kyle Kyle Smith. Um, so uh, this week, uh, uh, kind of a, a very important uh, kind of legend of the Seattle beer scene and the West Coast beer scene, like, suddenly died at the age of 45, Matt Bonney. He uh, is well known for starting, being a co-founder of uh, Bottleworks. It's one of the. It's the first like beer-only shop um, in Seattle, uh, opened in 1999. And um, he brought a lot of Belgian beers in, and when there wasn't a lot of U.S. craft beer to be drinking, and then he uh, helped uh, found uh, Brower's Cafe. Uh, which is a Belgian beer bar that's been in Seattle uh, for since 2006, I believe. Um, so really, he was, he started a lot of things, and he's been really influential um, throughout uh, the West Coast, uh, working with breweries and everything. Um, he also, um, the last thing he did was open uh, Tornado in Seattle, which is um, a famous beer bar uh, in San Francisco and San Diego. And then, so he started a Seattle one. Um, and so, uh, he's just really influential. I, I had a chance to meet him once or twice at his bar. Um, one time at a, a dinner for a beer called three mats, which was made with, um, Fremont brewing. Uh, the, uh, owner of Fremont brewing is also named Matt. And then the lead barrel program guy is named Matt. And so there's with Matt Bonnie, there was three mats. So he was just a great guy, and and everything I've heard about him was great. Uh, So it was a big loss, so uh, cheers to him. I am drinking uh, Bottleworks 17th Anniversary uh, made by Crooked Stave, which is a brewery of Colorado. Um, It's a golden sour ale. It's very nice. I'm drinking it out of a Brower's 12th Anniversary glass, Uh, so I'm also very on brand there. Um, Okay, so uh, this beer is very good. It is three years old because I just I just got the 20th anniversary Bottleworks beer, but it tastes really nice. Uh, balanced acidity. It's not burning my esophagus. Um, it's very good. Um, a lot going on. I really enjoy it. Um, so I'll give it uh, five. Uh, new Kyle Smiths out of five Kyle Smiths, and the other beer I have is from so. Uh, we're excited about Nerdball. So I dug in in my cellar to find uh, one of the nerdiest beers I have. Um, the nerdiest brewery that I know of is Bottle Logic in Anaheim. Um, Jeff, I know you've been there. Um, all, a lot of their stuff is based on video games and or uh, Dungeons and Dragons or uh, science topics and math. And like, so they call their barrel aging program the stasis project um so there's just a lot of nerdy shit this is one of their level one beers um that when they do the beer first time they call it level one um it is an imperial uh red ale which is an odd style to make um aged in uh i don't know how to pronounce it i don't know kyle if you've heard of this uh, bourbon um Michter bourbon have no. you heard of that Victor?
2: How do you print? How do you spell
1: yeah. that? M-I-C-H-T-E-R. No, I don't. Yeah. So it's, it's aged in uh, those, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> weird, kind of weird for um, them to call out the name of the uh, bourbon straight on the barrel, uh, on the bottle. You usually have to get permission for that. So that's interesting. Um, and then it, it's aged on cassia bark. Um, and uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, so normally i I wouldn't be down with throwing a beer like this into a barrel when you could just throw a stout or a barley wine. But actually, this is definitely right in on that barley wine area. Like it is very deep, dark brown. Um, The cassia bark gives it this nice kind of spice. Like it's working very well. Um, It's way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I picked this up randomly. I think I was in San Diego or something and, and they had it on the shelf and I was like, Ooh, a bottle logic barrel H beer because their barrel age program is pretty famous. So, um, and so I've had this for a year, year and a half or so. I'm just sitting there waiting for tonight for our nerdy coach. Um, so I'll give it four and a half out of him or if we're just going integers, I'll go four. Um, but, uh, yeah, so. That's what we're drinking. I have a lot to drink, so the end of this podcast should be a, fu- a lot of fun. Um, I say
2: the first time I heard you say uh, – uh, refer to one of your beers as a sidecar on this podcast. By the way, big fan of the podcast, guys. Uh, oh, the, uh, thank you. Uh, the, the first time I heard you say that you had a sidecar, I, I legitimately thought that you uh, referred you were referring to the uh, Sierra Nevada sidecar beer.
1: Oh, yeah, of course.
2: <laughs> I saw that, would- that at the – I saw that at the gas station like two weeks ago and I legitimately, uh, like I said, I'm not much of a beer drinker uh, and I, and I picked it up and I, and uh, it's been kind of a long running joke that literally every beer I buy, I send a picture to Craig just like to make sure that I'm not buying something super dorky. And, uh, but (laughs) but this one I saw, I saw in the gas station. I was like, Oh my God, Craig likes gas station beer. And I, I (laughs) I, I picked up a six pack of Sierra Nevada sidecar. It was not great, but I, I, definitely drank all six of them. And I questioned your judgment for like about four days before I realized what you were actually talking about.
0: Okay. Uh, So, so a funny quick story about gas station beer. Oh yeah. So, okay. (laughs) So the first time I had uh, bottle logic beer, like Craig was talking about was, um, we took a family vacation to, to Disneyland and, uh, the, the brewery is literally, you know, two miles from Disneyland. And so, um, you know, convinced my wife that we needed to stop by there one night. And, um, one of their, you know, like their their sort of, uh, one of their barrel aged beers is dark star November. That's what I had that night. And so I was at my, you know, went back to the hotel, went across the street, there was like this, like, so in California, they've got, like liquor store slash convenience store slash ice cream store slash whatever else like all in the same place right yeah you and can so sell booze I, anywhere in california yeah. and anywhere. so i go I go across the street to this Her
2: california knows how to party
0: y- yeah so i go across the street from our hotel to this place to get some late night ice cream for my wife and i see they've got a selection of of you know, beer bottles. And I'm like, okay. So I start looking and then I see they've got some bottle logic bottles and I'm like, okay. So I like take a picture and send them to Craig. and like, Craig, you, you know, you want any of this? And he's like, they've got just like bottle logic bottles, just hang it out in this like con- liquors convenience store. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, okay, so grab me one. So, so I grab him one of those. I grab one for me, take it up to the counter. Guy rings it up. And he goes, that'll be sixty five thirty eight.
2: <laughs> For how many beers?
0: <laughs> Two.
2: Damn. <laughs> yeah, I and remember. Like, I went. I went. I was like, oh shit, Jeff. By the way, those beers are really expensive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. And so I'm like, I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm on vacation. Who cares, you know? So I'm like, so I just, you like, know, I'm. ride home. Right? And so, like, they were, uh, yeah, they were packed very neatly and very nicely. I, th- I think I wrapped them in, you know, two pairs of socks. and.
1: You burned you burn the receipt before you got back to the hotel room. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> sure that, no, and if Sarah's listening to this, I definitely did not do that. But, uh, yeah, that was, so that was, so the running joke, which is jokes for the was, show, baby. This was, <laughs> uh, this was our, uh, the, the magical, the magic, what do we call it? The magic liquor store or the magic convenience store or something? Yeah, like yeah anyway that was yeah so bottle logic yeah you go to if your family drags you along to disneyland make sure to go to bottle logic there uh it's super yummy and in fact the bottle that i bought there and this is a year and a half later now i still have it it's still hanging out and i haven't drank yet i keep waiting for a time when craig and i are hanging out and we can properly enjoy it maybe spring. I, game. maybe i'll bring it to the spring game
1: Ooh, there you go it is it does have purple on the label purple and gold yeah that. that's true so yeah. Disneyland's going to be uh,
2: serving beer in the new Star Wars land, and those will probably also cost thirty dollars per glass.
0: So, yeah.
1: and actually, Bottle Logic is brewing that beer.
0: Really? They brew, they brew a ton of beer for uh, for California Adventure. So, whatever their their flagship IPA, I don't know. Hold on just a sec. I can tell you, Recursion. Recursion's their flagship IPA, and that's that's like all over California Adventure.
1: And and if you get into that uh, fancy uh, that fancy restaurant. That's in Disneyland. I I don't remember what it's called. Club 33. Yeah, Yeah, Club 33. They have a bunch of like really fancy beer, and including a bunch of the high end bottle. Like if you look at the Untapped check-ins at Club 33, it's just all this like crazy beer that even some of it I've never even drank. So like the um, that's the only reason I've ever wanted to go into that. We got our picture taken next to the
2: entrance of club 33, just because we were so proud that we found it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sarah, my wife is determined to get into club 33 someday. I'm like, okay, sure. Why not? Yeah, Sounds we're like down my... in, uh,
2: we're down in Disney world, uh, la- 2017, Christmas, 2017. So a little over a year ago. And we are in the animal kingdom where they have the avatar land. And, uh, it, they have a, there was a, uh, like in one of the restaurants, like they have like their their local craft brewery, like has like seven or eight different. It's probably the same type of thing. It has like seven or eight different types of beer that uh, that uh, that they brew specifically for this Avatar Land. And and I ordered one of the IPAs, and the lady looked at me. She's like, just so you know. It's gonna look weird. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's not, you know, I I'm I'm here with two children and I I haven't had a beer in three days, so you know whatever you can give me is gonna be fantastic. And so I uh, I I get it I get it. And the uh, it's bright green. It looked like uh, <laughs> it looked like ectoplasm from the Ghostbusters type thing. But it tasted exactly like like your uh, <laughs> your standard like Georgetown IPA. It was but it was it was bright green. <laughs> it was bright green. <laughs> Nuts.
0: That would be uh, yeah. so weird.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it looked that like was, I was drinking like a giant like a like a, a Slurpee or a milkshake or something. It was crazy. Yeah, that was it was, just it was just good.
1: Throw just throw off your flavor, because yeah, I mean, I it, wasn't, I, it
2: wasn't it wasn't St. Patrick's Day green. Like it legitimately looked like uh like like Slimer from the Ghostbusters.
1: Yeah, I can't remember what beer that is, but I've seen pictures of it um, uh, that people have taken, and it looks like yeah exactly like you said ectoplasm. It's I, I, I'm i amazed that you could still pick it up because like, the way you look at a beer could just have such an impact on what you oh, think it's going to sure. taste like
0: no like doubt. I said
2: I, had, I, I was carting two toddlers around Disney World for, for three days and hadn't had any alcohol so literally any port in a storm at that point you could have given me a glass of bleach and I would have put it down
0: <laughs> <laughs> speaking well, of taking... glasses of bleach we don't have to drink bleach anymore because we are now free of Ernie and moving on to a Kyle which is going to be a winner no matter what, right? I'm looking forward to it,
1: man. Yeah, I, I just uh, obviously um, uh, multiple reports that he's coming, and so I think and it's safe to say it's happening. And and I uh, we uh, if you haven't if you have a subscription to the Atl- uh, to the Athletic, um, I highly recommend you read an article called. Nerdball is ushering in a new era at resurgent san francisco um which will just kind of uh, jeff and i talk about a lot of numbers on here that come from ken palm and everything but this the stuff they're doing just goes above and beyond anything that we ever talk about and they and it, it talks about how he started out with um with randy bennett and they're, they kind of uh, were just Ken Palm nerds and they kind of moved into just in, in, in instituting more and more statistics like where they're, 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 they're having an ant, they have stats around ball screen coverage and they find out that their five eleven guard is getting pushed aside on pick and rolls. And so they just based on that shifted him off the ball in those situations. That's crazy. Like, I, I just can't even imagine, like, in, in the Ernie Kent era, anything like that, any anything high, even close to that high-minded ever happening.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, I think if there's one thing we could be 100%, I mean, we were confident about a lot of things with Ernie Kent, but there is nothing I would be more confident in than the fact that Ernie would not even know that the word analytics is actually a word. Or at the very least, if he did, he's like, you know, what is that fancy, I just, I go with my eyes, you know, I mean, whatever it is, like, you know, it's, uh, it's obviously a huge departure. And I think that's, you know, you, you don't have to look very hard at numbers. So like you said, Craig, you know, we talk about numbers a lot. Um, and, and one of the things that we do a lot is we look at um, these statistical profiles that are on KenPom.com. And um, it, it, a lot of times what we do is we kind of look for trends, we look for um, consistencies. So like when we're looking at a coach, you know, what are the areas that they are strong in, you know, year after year after year, when the players change, When the teams they're playing change, you know, when everything else is changing, what's the stuff that's constant? And, you know, it's it's, a lot of times pretty easy to tell who are the guys who are paying attention to what sort of produces the greatest value in terms of creating points and not creating points, right, offensive and defensively. And, you know, when you looked at Ernie's stuff, it was, it was really clear. This, you know, this is a guy who who had a, you know, concept in his head of of how to play. And, you know, there were a number of things that he did not emphasize that are are pretty directly tied to point production. You know, for a guy with with such an offensive reputation, um, you know, he really emphasized shooting, which is good, right? I mean, putting the ball in the basket is the most important thing. But really de-emphasized offensive rebounding, really didn't seem to care too much about turnovers. And those two things really, you know, neuter your offensive efficiency even if you're shooting well so you know it's just kind of obvious he wasn't paying they just wasn't interested in that which again you know most coaches aren't um especially coaches that are you know 60 plus so here you got a guy who's who's 49 who um, has sort of worked at a number of places where you had to do it differently or do it uh, do it you know better um, than other people. You know he's, he was started out at the, at the University of San Diego, you know West Coast Conference guy. Uh, spent a year at Air Force with Joe Scott doing the Princeton thing out there. Um, spent a bunch of years under Randy Bennett at uh, St. Mary's. You know, before heading out to Columbia and the Ivy League again, you know, Columbia has not ever been known as um, as an Ivy League power and then coming back out to San Francisco, which has been, you know, frankly, pretty bad, um, you know, for the last, you know, 20 or so years and um, has been better than everybody else that's been there in recent history by doing what he does so um you know he kind of checks all the boxes in terms of a guy that we're looking for that um is looking for an edge in some way and it's kind of exactly what you and i have been advocating for which is you know you need to do something different at wazoo you need to whether it's tony bennett and, and dick bennett you know that's a different thing obviously i don't you know i don't think they i don't think dick bennett's ever paid attention to an analytics report um, but you know, you better know what you want to do and you better have an edge, um, against the other teams that, that, that have maybe more traditional advantages. And, uh, so far what I've seen from the guy, especially, you know, if you read that athletic piece that Craig referenced, um, really makes you think that, you know, this is a guy who, you know, I mean, I don't know if he'll be successful, but what I do know is his process sounds a hell of a lot better than Ernie's.
2: There's something very refreshing about a, just an absolutely relentless commitment to math. Uh, it, it like like what you said. It, it sounds like everything that uh, everything that Ernie did. Like I'm pretty sure the three of us who don't know that much about basketball, like, or as much as you know a college coach should, could probably pick up what Ernie runs in a practice within what maybe maybe a half an hour. Just because like he's not really running anything different than you know what you would see like in a high school or anything like that. It's just it's just a, it's just with more talent. And like you read that athletic article where they're talking about literally someone is is. Watching all 10 players uh, on both sides of the ball, literally on every single play, and they keep stats off ball, on ball, literally in practice, so they can make sure that they have the best they have the best configurations to go uh, come game time. And then they start uh, working working game time stats in uh, slowly and afterwards. Like it, it, literally sounds like a Ken Palm experiment on the court. It, and I'm I'm thrilled to be part of it. This is going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh I you, you just look at his uh, profile in three years at San Francisco that uh, there one first I have to point out that uh when we were uh, drinking and celebrating on the Ernie pod, the Ernie, I call it the Ernie pod, but the, the uh, emergency Ernie got fired podcast. um I uh, was reminded by someone that I I just said, I just want a fucking nerd and we definitely got a fucking nerd like it's it like it's a nerd to the core if you it, if you read that athletic article it's just like this is some weird this is some crazy shit that i didn't even know that team's did honestly and and um but there's a few things that just stick out to me and the, the things that get you you know that 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 things that can transition from a small conference to a big conference and that's defensive rebounding um he clearly is committed to that uh, they rate very well in that, um, and then they limit the number of three-point attempts. Period, uh, which um, that keeps you out of that three-point lottery. Um, that's usually teams that limit three-point attempts also are good at defending three-pointers. those usually go together. Um, so, as more teams are shooting more threes, that's a that's a great thing to have, and you're clearing out the rebounds on the misses. Um, those are uh, the. They've just done a good job shooting-wise. Obviously, they don't force turnovers. I mean, it it's very, um, you know, packish uh, d- defensive profile. Obviously, I don't know what defense he runs, but obviously, it's man-to-man, and uh, uh, he doesn't rely on blocks. He doesn't rely on steals. The defenses have been pretty good this year. Um, was the worst defense he's had, but also the best offense. Um, and they really limited turnovers more this year. Shot the ball a little better. So um, I'm curious to see it. One, one thing that excites me is he seems to be a coach that'll be willing to adapt. And and he'll be he'll be willing. He's 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 got some principles obviously, but um, he's he's looking at numbers and and he's willing to adapt. And maybe that's why his defense has stayed. You know, you have the same peripherals, but now his offense has improved. So maybe, maybe we'll see things like that at WSU. It's not just going to be like the same old shit every night over and over again that doesn't work. Like you can believe that he might actually figure something out once in a while.
0: One of the things that I love to see in a coach is when there's like this synergy between their defensive and offensive philosophies. And, and kind of what I mean by that is, okay, so if you value one thing on one end, you know, then you probably should be valuing the same thing on the other end, right? So something like, you know, like, uh, you know, for example, three-point shooting, right? So his three-point You know on on offense they shoot a lot of threes and that's something that um, that they've just have done they a little bit less this year But for the previous, you know, the five six years before that they shot a pretty high percentage of threes as a ratio of their overall field goal Attempts well then on defense though. So so if on offense you think and this this was always sort of like the thing with Ernie that always blew my mind It's like, okay So if on offense you feel like the three-point shot is your best weapon, right? Like this is your shot This is your thing that is that, that is, you know, that that's so valuable that you're going to win games this way Well, if you're on defense, why would you let the other team also shoot <laughs> a million threes, right? Like why wouldn't you gear your defense to stop that and that's what Kyle Smith does his defense um, Over the years has suppressed three-point attempts except for like his last year at Columbia The opponents took a ton of threes, but other than that You know, he's never in his career outside of that one season has never ranked below 55th in three point attempt percentage, which is just the ratio of three pointers to field goal attempts. So, you know, it's like if you're if you're doing it on one end, you know, you should do it on the other. And and so it's to me that that says a lot about the messaging you're sending your team. Right. Which is, hey, this is what we do. You know, we're going to shoot threes. Yeah. And because it's such a weapon for us, we're going to make sure the other team doesn't go off from three point range. And that kind of thing just sort of, you know, if it makes sense to me, you know, I assume it makes sense to a player, you know, where it's like if you're trying to communicate that to a player. And and that's what I see in that that stuff. I know we're talking about this story from The Athletic a lot, part of it, because, you know, it's kind of all we have to go on at the moment. But, you know, one thing I take away from that is that – so when they watch the video of practice and they score things up. So one of the things they do is they score like this. They go, okay, so if, if you make an assist in practice, you get plus four points for, for you as a, as a person. Um, if you make a turnover, you get minus six. So it's like these two things are not equal, right? So like if you're, if you're making a pass in practice and you know that you're going to be held accountable to the result of that pass, okay, great. An assist is nice, but a turnover is worse, and, and the and the math bears that out, right? Any any possession that ends in a turnover is just a zero. I mean, there's no chance of a positive outcome, and if it's an, a live ball turnover, that's even worse, right? Because it goes back the other way. So I'm like, yeah, like this is how you send the message to your team. This is what we value. This is what's important. And just from looking at these kinds of things and kind of hearing these kinds of things, um, he seems like a guy who's really good at messaging. Um, what's important to him, to his players. And, and to me, you know, that is such a difference from, from, and I know we're going to probably keep comparing to what we had before, but that is such a difference. And, and to me as a coach, you know, that's, that's the thing that every coach should, should sort of be measured on is, you know, how well do you communicate to your team what you want out of them and how well do they do that?
2: Stack ranking players on every, uh, after every practice, that's great. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the microsoft way all, all, all of a
0: sudden you <laughs> can you do you imagine like yeah. this little leaderboard in the in the locker room with like like a point total and you come in and there you are who's at the top
1: Dude, how you get that's a great like honestly though how do you get kids to practice hard you can make every practice a competition every like that i mean it, there's different ways to do it you know some coaches resort to yelling at them and telling them to fix it and but if you're just like well we know because we've been staring we had one guy staring at you the whole time and he 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 gave you you had eight points less than than, uh, the other guy um that's you know that's that's very interesting it's obviously pretty innovative um and it's great um another thing i wanted to look at with uh with him is his recruiting because i know we've talked about uh, a lot of how it's uh, obviously it's no secret that it's tough to get players to come to Pullman. Um, So you have to be creative. Um, You know, typically our good coaches have been creative and um, it looks like that there's players on, on uh, his roster from Belarus, from Estonia, from, Tacoma from Helsinki, uh, Melbourne, Australia, and um, Seattle. And Seattle. He yeah, has from, as
0: many, he has as many recruits from Seattle as Ernie ever had.
1: It's via central Washington, so
0: that's, that's true. Interesting,
1: but, that's true. Um actually the uh the kid from Tacoma apparently went to Rainier Beach, so I don't know what's going on there. But um <laughs> Well that's
0: that's what happens. That's how <laughs> yeah. it that's how it works. That's how it works in Washington. If you can play you go to Beach or Garfield.
1: You're taking my kids from Tacoma? That's right. From from, from the rich the rich Now that you're, now that you're official
0: 253.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm all over Tacoma now.
0: But yeah, so you, it, Hey Kyle, how would you feel if someone took your kids from the 425?
2: I mean, I I still I still claim Bellingham, so yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes.
0: the 360.
2: Yeah, I, I I hate Lyndon and Ferndale way more than I hate anybody around here, so we're we're good. <laughs>
1: I don't know if I can even name the high schools in Tacoma. My my daughter is uh I've lived here for a year and a half and my daughter is um ready for 15, high school. Ready 15 months old, so she probably uh, go to Foss. I, the 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 one I know, well, the one actually I lied. The, the one that's closest is Wilson, but we are right on the border of Stadium. Um yeah. and and obviously we would love to have her go to the 10 things I hate about you school. So
0: yeah, you can't go wrong there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so anyways, recruiting. Um just going deep into Tacoma. Uh it's a tough place. Uh but anyway, so yeah, so obviously Helsinki and like Finland, Belarus, you know, the classic basketball just right? havens. Um obviously Australia is a place that um WSU has tapped to great success in the past. Um so I don't know. I just keep piling on the good stuff. Like he, you know, obviously he's he's not just gonna try to go after the same recruiting pool that everyone else is doing.
0: Kyle, are you sold on the idea that you know you need to be able to recruit internationally? You need to be able to. Um, you know kind of kind of look for these like little you know cracks around the globe to try and supplement talent here are, are you buying the idea that he can use his analytics advantage to you know land pac-12 recruits i mean that's it's one thing to do that at columbia and san francisco i think it's another thing to do it in the pac-12
2: i think it certainly helps i mean anything you can do to to uh, widen widen your base uh, i mean you see so you see some of these smaller schools that uh, just have a uh a proven track record of just getting a whole bunch of guys. that are six foot nine and, uh, and hoping that uh, things work out for the best. And sometimes they do. Uh, but yeah, as far as I, I would hope that, uh, that this is a positive. I mean, he, if he worked for Randy Bennett, who it sounds like he had a hand in, uh, or he was at least around when they, uh, when they picked up Patty Mills and uh, what was the other guy that was at St. Mary's that
0: Delivadova. Was, yeah. Yeah. Matthew Delivadova.
2: yeah. So it sounds like he was, he was in on that. So, I mean, if he's got a, uh, if he's got a Rolodex, do people still have Rolodexes? in
1: 2019 ernie Kent uh,
0: probably does i feel like
1: a i feel like a coach has a rolodex (laughs) coaches you know
0: yeah Yeah, that seems like a very coach cell
1: phones yeah i mean it certainly
2: helps to uh i mean to be able to uh call anywhere in the in in the uh, in the world and it sounds like i mean our you know wsu's recruiting budget isn't uh isn't what kentucky's is but i mean it's certainly probably higher than what usf's is and so i mean uh so I, I would say that you, you take what he has now and, and it amplifies it a little bit. And so I think I I I I would hope that uh with the way that his system works that uh yeah, there shouldn't be any uh any sort of limitations on what, what he should be able to uh find.
0: I would love to see the Australia thing get started up again. I don't know if, uh, you know, I don't know what he's planning on doing with his assistants. Um, I think there there was a report out there sort of right away that one of his assistants would be expected to take over at San Francisco, um, you know, presuming he's hired here. So, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to me to see, you know, where he goes with that. Like I said, it's it's one thing to, you know, to recruit to Columbia. It's one thing to recruit to San Francisco. Um, and you can be better than most of the teams in your league, um, in both of those leagues, in both the Ivy and the WCC, you can be better than the vast majority of the teams in that league just by, you know, doing a little bit better. Um, Recruiting-wise, you know, you don't necessarily have to have great athletes. You don't necessarily have to, you know, cover all that. You know, Columbia, you know, if you're, if you're Columbia in the Ivy League, you know, Yale's got some pretty okay athletes. Harvard's got some pretty okay athletes. Um, but, you know, if you're trying to separate yourselves from, you know, from Penn – uh, or Brown, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't take a whole lot to to do that. And then, you know, San Francisco, same deal. I mean, you know, it's yeah, you've got St. Mary's and and Gonzaga and, and obviously that's tough. And, you know, and then you got to compete with BYU's, you know, 26 year olds. But, you know, t- to separate yourself from some of the other teams in that conference, you know, you know, your San Diego's or whatever or loyal is, it, it's like, you know, you don't, you know, you just sort of have to find an edge in order to do that. And it's not doesn't have to be um, you know huge athletic edge um, Pac-12 sort of a different animal in that regard and and I know that we've obviously seen that you can You can do it with overlooked guys. I mean obviously our greatest run in program history, you know happened with with guys that, you know um, You know turned out to not be bad players obviously, but at the same time were guys that were not, you know Super highly valued by other programs So I don't know it's gonna be really interesting to me to see how he goes about trying to uh, trying to stock the roster um, gonna be interesting to me also to kind of see um you know who sticks around and who transfers um you know i know that uh you know it's been reported that both pollard and and skaggs have been put in the portal um, which is sort of a one foot out the door thing if i were to guess i would guess skaggs goes and pollard stays um but that's 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 just sort of my guess
2: and and the other thing we got to remember is that they were what 63rd nationally uh this year yeah if if, if they were 63rd nationally that puts them what probably about fourth place in the pac 12 this year
0: roughly yeah yeah i
2: mean we'd throw (laughs) we would throw him a parade
0: like Uh, literally
2: there would be a parade down main street uh cougar country would come back into business and they would chuck cheeseburgers out and everything would be happy we would everyone would be thrilled with being the 63rd best
0: team in the country So 63rd um, is right about the ballpark of Arizona State and Colorado. And the only other two teams in the Pac-12 that that's behind would be Oregon and Washington. So in other words, imagine, so Oregon, Washington, uh, and then sort of a second tier, you've got Colorado, uh, Arizona State, and USF, and then everybody else. And oh, by the way, in case you didn't know this, uh, Washington State ranked uh, 207th. And have never ranked above yet. Yeah, yeah, they've never ranked above 186th in Ernie's five years. So how about the Kooks. Go Cougs!
1: I'm just, you know, uh, it's the the fine thing is is uh, Smith has coached at an Ivy League school, which is a one big conference, and he's coached at the West Coast Conference at a lower level. Like it's when when you get out of the St. Mary's and and gonzaga and byu it's it's a lot of teams that typically belong in a one-bid conference but he has only since his first three years at columbia has never had a worse team than any of the other teams that ernie has had at a pac-12 school so it's it i i think um, that's encouraging to know that uh, we can probably expect some improvement right away. Which in this hor- horrible, horrible conference, which is not going to get any better next year, um, that's uh, pretty encouraging. You know, if they can pop up to like one twenty, one forty, like suddenly so you're winning like eight conference games. You know, <laughs> like it's uh, and 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 then if if you're just if you can work yourself into a top one hundred team the way the Pac-12 is going right now, you, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're in there, you're in the mix to get a, get a bid to the tournament. You know, a- ASU was in the net rankings and in the Ken Palm rankings was in like the sixties and they got a bid to the tournament, I think largely on the, on the, on the reputation, uh, the historical reputation of the Pac-12. So it's, or Pac-10, Pac-12. So it's, yeah, it, it it's nice to know that like it, it's very unlikely that they're going to get worse and it's very likely that they're going to get better just for the fact that the coach is just a so much better coach. Um, the same players being coached by him will be better. Um, and he's still, uh, it, it's nice that, uh, Chun, uh, turned this around pretty quickly, uh, cause there's still an opportunity and uh, there's open spots to add guys. Um, that maybe fit him, fit Smith a little better.
0: Yeah, and there will probably be at least a couple guys that go. Like Absolutely. I said, I, I I would not be shocked if Skaggs. In fact, I would be surprised if Skaggs stays. Um, and if that happens, if he goes, then you've got you know at least a couple spots that are just open. And that that doesn't even account for anybody else who might transfer. So, yeah. You know he'll have a chance to to fill it, and it wouldn't surprise me if they if they did a you know a Dick Bennett type bump, you know in the first year, um, Paul Graham's last year they were 208, and then Dick Bennett's first year they were 126. They went from two wins to seven wins in the Pac-10, um, seven wins overall to 13 wins overall, just a shade under 500. Um, so you know yeah I mean that's the kind of that's the kind of bump I'd be looking for something like you know six seven eight wins next year. Um, and something like you know 13 to 15 wins overall um, i think that's that's the sort of bump i'm looking for
2: it's it's actually kind of alarming how many seniors uh, are on the roster next year considering <laughs> how many players i don't know who are on the roster this year <laughs> it's
1: because they're all right. ju, ju, junior college trans yeah I, they, could they, four, right? I
2: could probably name four players off the top of my head if you if you've didn't let me look at uh, the internet or anything like that. But now just looking at the roster right now, I'm just seeing junior, 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 junior. They're all going to be senior, 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 senior next year. So uh, that, I mean, that's got to also be attractive to him that uh, he's probably going to have five or six roster spots yep. open up at yeah. the end of year too.
1: Absolutely. That's, that's, that's huge. Uh, that's the one thing we can uh, uh, thank Ernie for is that he had, did a terrible time um, bringing in, uh, freshman scholarship players and keeping them, so the roster is full of uh, recent junior college transfers that are ready to leave pretty soon. Uh, so that's that's pretty nice. Um, we we I know Jeff and I we we and Cal we we've talked about that throughout the season. Like if someone else comes in, that, that the good thing is that he just keeps bringing these JUCO transfers and they're gonna leave, so it's no one's gonna be saddled with his shitty players for. Although he's you know there's obviously. Um, uh, you know, a couple solid young pieces in there in Ellaby and um, Kuntz uh, definitely is, has potential there. Um, but uh, there's obviously more that needs to be added. So I, what I want to so we've obviously just heaped on some praise and happiness. I mean, the, the, when you come from the depths of sorrow that we've been in, um, <laughs> I know the three of us are definitely the biggest basketball nerds at Kook Center and we've all been deeply affected by having shitty basketball um but uh now suddenly like i i want to write something i want to write something about this you know it's it's exciting um i was excited to hop on this podcast and i grabbed a shit ton of beer and i was like let's go um but if there's anything that you might be reticent about like is there something you look at what he's doing um yeah sure he could you know you're thinking immediately you know pop up to 120 but you know, Ken Bone had a bunch of teams in the top 100. Ken Bone uh, didn't really bottom out to the depths of Ernie level until his last year. Um, is there any concern that? Um, are, do Do you think that Kyle Smith is the type of guy that can, you know, take us to the NCAA tournament?
0: I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, that's such a, that's been such a rare occurrence, you know, throughout our history. And, you know, so to, to say that this guy can take us there. I mean, I, I really have no idea. He hasn't done it yet at any program he's been at. Um, Columbia didn't do it and um, USF didn't do it. So and in fact, they uh, they had a, you know, if, if someone wanted to be sort of, you know, negative about it, you could look at the way the year ended. I think they lost their last four games and crashed out of the WCC tournament to, to Pepperdine of all teams to the fight in lorenzo romar ken bone curtis allen's so you know i mean that's that's sort of like uh, you know um so so yeah i mean it it definitely is sort of a you know we are just so glad to have anything other than ernie and definitely things that we like to see philosophically and process wise but you know definitely questions about you know, what his ceiling is definitely questions about, um, and I think a lot of that's tied to talent, you know, kind of what I said before about, you know, it's one thing to, to look for an edge when, you know, the teams in your league are real bad. Um, it's another thing to look for an edge when you're in a major conference, you know, and I know that the PAC 12 is, has not been good, um, but it's not going to stay down forever. And, you know, UCLA is going to go higher, Well, I mean, I guess I'm assuming they're going to hire a good coach, but I guess they could always screw that up. But it's just like, you know, I mean, they're not going to be these teams are not going to be down forever. Um, Washington just keeps adding like four and five star guys, uh, whether through traditional recruiting or transfers. So, you know, it's it's, you know, I mean, this is a thing where, you know, I'm curious to see how it plays out. But. You know, like I said, it's the big thing for me is just seeing that the indicators are there. I think for what you need to do, whether he can pull it off, you know, I don't know.
2: Uh, yeah, my expectations for WSU basketball have never been super high. So, like, <laughs> I mean, that, that's the thing, and, and I mean, and I mean that sincerely, and I and I mean it nicely. Like the first. Three or four years of uh, of Ken Bone basketball when we were hovering around a hundred, or you know there was the one nice year that we had with Clay when uh, we were at the when we went to the Final Four of the NIT, but uh, you know the other years we were hovering you know right around the you know, the hundred spot in Ken Palm like yeah, we're Washington state. This is, this is where we're supposed to be. This is actually probably a pretty good year for us. And then we kind of bottomed out and, and things, and things went sour and then obviously Ken bone needed to go. But I mean, that's always kind of where I've thought we should be. And, and, and when people you know say that we don't have the facilities to, you know, can compete with the big boys or the charter flights and things like that. I'm like, okay, well let's, let's just try and, let's try and make some baby steps here with, uh with our coaches uh, while, until we can get some of those things squared away. And so, uh, my, my expectations remain very low, but I mean, but that also means, but I'm also very inspired by what I've read, you know, where with the, uh, relentless, uh, the relentless pursuit of improvement. It sounds like uh, what their team wants to do, you know, in each and every practice. And that's, that's really what I kind of want to see here over the next year. I absolutely think that he can make a tournament with, uh, with Wazoo. I mean, it's, it, it if you keep uh, if you keep a team hovering around the 70s eventually they're going to uh, eventually they're gonna break a 35 and and uh, and and make it into the tournament so I, I don't see any reason why he uh, why he couldn't do that um, so yeah I mean there's not really a lot that that alarms me on this specifically because it, it seems like every program that he has run has been with a lot of care and a lot of alarm and so I that that's very that's very reassuring and its this this uh, this this hire looks like it was taken with a lot of thought. Uh, so, no, I, I don't think there's anything I should really be upset about here or, or worried about. I think I, I think I we're definitely going to be better. It's just a matter of how much we're going to be better. And, and this is this has got to be a a long term, a long term look at an improvement rather than are we going to be the, into the tournament by 2020 or 2021 or whatever.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it because you know it. Uh, you know, we we hear you know we we've seen you know people say oh the roster is ready for you know even Chun says the roster could be better. Obviously, the roster could have been with the current roster with Fra- or with the roster last year with Franks and and Ellaby and stuff. Like I, I think a better coach could have taken them you know to at least be a, a you know a hell of a lot better than they were you know not 207th on Ken Palm or whatever. But and and so you know, that's the encouraging part. Um, yeah, that's, that's why we're so excited. You know, that this, yeah, that's what we wanted. We want something different. We wanted some, someone who's money balling it up and, and, and he's doing that. Um, he's recruiting from weird places. He's taking a, like a, an odd approach from a lot of coaches. And I, and I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited to see some like strict man-to-man defense and 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 all of that. And and I you know I I, I just uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward now to basketball. And that begs the question: Do, do you think this hire? Um, I I I just I have a like I have a I have this kind of feeling that um, Pat Chun may have said, Clay, will you uh, <laughs> s- will you say something about Kyle Smith? so that people know who the hell he is. Cause like, cause do you think this hire will bring excitement and, and attendance and support back for WC basketball immediately? Or will it take some wins or what are we thinking?
0: No, I don't think it brings anything back immediately. Um, I, I think the only thing that would, you know what? I'm not even, I'm not even gonna say that. I, I'm not sure there's anything that could, that could bring excitement back immediately. Um, you know, basketball is not football. And so, you know, when you go hire a Mike Leach and everybody, you know, lose their shit and, you know, he's excited about that. You know, that's, you know, football is just a different beast. I don't know that our fan base, I think our fan base cares about basketball in the sense that they want it to not be embarrassing, which I think is a pretty reasonable expectation. Um, but you know I, I don't know that anybody pays that close of attention. I mean, if we just go on like just sort of this very simple metric, like when um, I remember when Mike Leach was hired, the kind of traffic we did on the website, when it was like, oh my God, we got Mike Leach and um, I mean, we basically sort of blew up the network. like it was like we we were so many people were flocking to the site because we hired Mike Leach. Um, you know, there's some, I mean there there's a lot of traffic tonight you know relatively speaking but at the same time you know it's nothing near what you what we saw for that you know so I just like I think part of that is you know it's a guy nobody's ever heard of but I think part of that also is just that you know with basketball I think a lot of times fans are just sort of like well you know show me you know give me something interesting to look at and and honestly I feel like that sort of was the you know the the biggest sin with you know bone and ernie both um, you know, the, yeah, the losing is terrible or whatever, but you know, the one thing you absolutely cannot be in basketball is, you know, for a fan base, that's not, that, that's definitely basketball second behind football. You can't be uninteresting. You, you gotta be interesting in some way. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give the fans something to hang their hat on something to be excited about. Um, and, and I don't think that happens until, um, you know, you, you, until you show them something, you know, basketball is very much, I think for our fans, a show me sport, you know, if you show me something, then yeah, then I'll be excited. And, and I really, I mean, look, it's not like we were, you know, we hired Dick frickin' Bennett and it's not like all of a sudden Beasley was being sold out. You know, i mean, Dick Bennett was only, you know, however many years removed from a final four appearance, you know? So, I mean, you hired a guy like that and you know, the, the place wasn't really packed. I mean, Craig, you were a student at that time. Place wasn't really packed out until, you know, they beat Gonzaga in Tony's first year. And all of a sudden, everybody starts losing their shit and realizes like, hey, wait a minute, we might, you know, really be good. You know, that's when the thing turned the corner. So it's a very long answer just to say, you know, I don't think this is going to change, move the needle much. Um, beginning of the year now. If they come out, they look good. They beat a bunch of teams. Uh, maybe they pick up a win. I mean, obviously we don't know what their schedule looks like next year because they they put together these uh, they're not they're non-covered schedules in the off season. But you know, if they come out and you know maybe get a decent win and and uh, you know don't suffer any embarrassing losses, you know people you know people might start to pay attention a little bit.
2: If we go by uh, the number of tickets sold in the Sherwood household over the last four years and then compare it to the number of tickets that will probably be sold next year in the Sherwood household and extrapolate that over the entire fan base, we will likely sell around four million more tickets. <laughs> so that is, the, uh, that is the metric I'm going to hold Pat Chun to, and, uh, and anything less will be a failure.
1: Yes, please. Uh, We are we are moving all of the games to uh, CenturyLink Field, and we will be selling sixty-eight thousand. Well, actually, if you put a basketball court in there, you could probably sell eighty thousand seats, and we're gonna sell it out every game. But yeah, honestly, uh, on that point, Kyle, like, for me, I'm thinking. I mean, for the calf ranking too. But I just, I just to show, just kind of show a support that I approve of this hire, I'm, I'm already thinking I'm going to, you know, I'm going to buy season tickets for the basketball team, even if I only go to a couple games, but just to, you know, just to, I, like, I believe in this hire and, and I want to support it. Um, I have a certain donation level I'm at. So me like adding a donation is just going to get me to that point anyway. So, but I think like, you know, buying basketball tickets are, is a good way to, to show support. And I'm definitely going to do that. And so between me and Kyle, like obviously millions more tickets will be sold. Um, literally if you ex- millions, literally, literally millions. Unless <laughs> um, it's a failure, Pat, anything less. If we, uh, if there are not, if there are not 5 million or if there are not four, well, actually to say, if there are not 4 million basketball tickets sold next year, we hold you personally accountable. Pat Chun. Yeah. And we will demand your resignation.
0: But seriously though, like with, with Pat Chun, like, like how, I mean, obviously without knowing much about the details of this, I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty impressed. I, I mean, this is a guy who, who has been available since Ernie was fired. Um, so obviously he did some kind of due diligence to, to land at this point. Um, I don't know. van reported that they were using a search firm. I have no idea how much truth there is to that, but, um, you know, to to take you know almost two weeks, which um you know is not a super long time. so it's it's but it's also not a super quick turnaround, you know, I mean, it's these things can you know drag on and on, especially if you're you know waiting out and holding out hope for somebody's in the tournament. I know a guy who you know I was advocating for was Russell Turner uh, from UC Irvine. Um, but you know, it's just like, you know, I, I don't know, I'm pretty impressed with how the process went down. You know, really, no names leaked out. Um, landed on a guy who I think you know really checks off all the boxes of what he said he was looking for and you know obviously I, I think part of that depends on the salary so once once we find out how much he's being paid you know I mean if he's making two million bucks I think I'm probably gonna be less impressed but um, but at the same time uh, you know just sort of the process seems like you know about right it took about two weeks to find the guy found a guy who checked all the boxes you said publicly you wanted um, I don't know, like that. I, I mean, obviously it's sort of a results-based thing in the end, you know, depending on how it turns out. But, you know, the process to me seemed uh, seemed to be a pretty good one.
1: So yeah, if you look at the the timeline of when Ken Bone was hired or and fired, so uh, he was introduced to WSU on April eighth, uh, which would be a, you know, what roughly ten days from now. Right. Or what day is it? I don't even fucking know what day it is. That's like, close enough. I just need to know which day of the week it is. That's the only thing that it's matters Tuesday. to me. Thank you. Well, I obviously, I knew that. Maybe. <laughs> um, but then he was fired on March 18th. So, uh, and then uh, when was Ernie hired? Uh, One man search committee. I think it was about uh, three. There was about uh, three, a
0: three a weeks. weeks.
1: Yeah, I'm he sorry. was hired right before the final four. Yeah, it I took I about three ex-
0: weeks.
2: Yeah,
1: that's. Oh, yeah. So March. Oh, uh, March 31st. Uh, yeah. So that would be a couple of days before the final four. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I do remember we we did have a lot more time, I feel like, to ponder about uh, basketball coaches. But I guess it was about the same amount of time. Not uh, only
2: did we have time to ponder, but we all just knew it was Ernie. So all we kept doing was like throwing out any no, name we could possibly. Like, Please, think no, I'll
0: just say this, Kyle, you were the one who knew it was Ernie. Like, okay. So like to pull back the curtain for just a sec on, on like our Coug center Slack chats, like, Craig and I and, and pretty much everybody else, we were like, well, you know, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, you know, maybe it's Leon Rice, right? Leon Rice was the guy we all wanted you know, all this stuff. And you kept saying over and over and over, it's Ernie. It's going to be Ernie. It's going to be Ernie. And every time something came up, you're like, ah, it'll probably be Ernie. So go ahead and gloat for a moment about how we all knew, you all, you knew it was going to be Ernie.
2: I didn't want Ernie any more than any of the rest of you. There's no gloating to do. The <laughs> no, only gloating no, no. I will do is, is, is along with the two of you that we knew that that was a disaster. Disaster from the moment it happened and moose was moose was uh riding high off of the leech hire and just did whatever he wanted to do we knew from what january that he was going to hire ernie he doesn't have any he didn't have any interest in doing anything else and it uh and it made it even worse when we found out how much ernie was getting paid and we realized oh wow we could have legitimately bought 50 other coaches with that amount of money uh so it was the laziest hire in the history of College sports. I'm gonna put it out there. I'm 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 gonna be that. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be that uh, over dramatic about it. Um. I. But uh, no. I, I will not. I, I'm just happy it's over. It's it, it was it, it was awful. And uh. But uh, to add. To, I mean to just to just counterbalance that. I mean. Uh, Chun knew that he's not gonna, he's not going to hire a football coach uh, when he's at Washington State University. So this is probably his highest profile hire that he's going to have while he's here. And it, I mean, and the way that his trajectory is going, he's probably not long for Washington State University. So this is this is his chance to uh, to make to make a difference. Uh, on on one of uh, the revenue sports. And it's, it seems very deliberate how he was able to kind of uh, play against pretty much every trope that we've ever thought that we were going to have with Washington State University. Like, nobody thought that we were going to f- uh, fire Ernie this year. And then uh, when we found out that we fired Ernie, nobody thought they were going to pay him the entire amount of money that he was owed. And then uh, and then when we found out, and then, and then uh, now, like, he's more or less, you know, the amount of time that it's taken him to find his coach, it, it pretty much seems like – he got his first choice and he wasn't being strung along by Leon, Leon rice before uh, we finally settled on uh, a guy who'd been out of coaching for five years. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I've just been so impressed by everything that he's done here over the last year and and how much better the athletic department has been run over the last year in on every level. And uh, so when it came time to, uh, Hire a coach. Like I, I, had every every confidence in the world that he was going to uh, get the guy that he wanted, and it sounds like this is the guy he wanted. And after reading about him, I'm I'm super excited for Cougar basketball.
1: I, I, I just wanted to add that Kyle mostly should brag about that failure to launch meme.
0: Yeah, that, that too.
1: That our Facebook readers and many of our website commenters did not like.
0: We took I- so much shit for that. You I took so hilarious. much shit for that.
1: I feel, it, that that was kind of a wake up moment for me. I was like, wait, other people think this is better than we do. Like and, and <laughs> I don't like want he, he to. Two I, I don't want to gloat too much about how much smarter we are than all of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we we like We if, called it if you could if you could see like it's not even what we wrote on the website and not even the failure to launch thing that was definitely like we all thought it was funny because we that's we're like, yeah, that makes sense, but like we would just we were just like this is a fucking disaster, especially when it was like one point four million five year rollover contract, fucking you got a rollover
2: after going one and seventeen in conference
1: <laughs> yes, he did, yeah, yes, the first, yeah, oh my god, and we don't know about Kyle Smith's contract, whatever, but I mean, it's probably going to be roughly similar. I, I, actually, he's never been to a tournament or anything. So I don't know how much we have to pay him. Um, but this is like, fuck, man, this is exactly the goddamn type of hire that I wanted. Like it, this is, this is amazing. Like I'm, I've almost finished this 11% relationship <laughs> right now, So I'm getting like really fired up now. <laughs> that's why like i i had even thought about renewing my season tickets and then like in the middle of kyle talking about that i was like oh fuck yeah i'm, I'm, or I'm just getting basketball season tickets now yeah, honestly if if we could buy basketball season tickets for next year right now which you can't i would definitely i'd be like on there right now credit card out like let's fucking do it let's do this but come on sean like make it available
0: you'd have yeah, one we're gonna he's gonna have to figure that out between now and the announcement
1: yeah, seriously, like make it available, like and any. Or, or, remember, we had the basketball fund to try to keep Tony.
0: Oh my we God!
1: Fucking collected a million bucks in like no time, like just so we could fly some charter jets and give Tony a little extra money. We were paying Tony like a million bucks by the end, by the way. And Paul Wolf at the time, or or, or built what? Uh, yeah, Paul Wolf at the time was making six hundred thousand, yeah. and our yeah, Tony was our was. first million dollar coach. Yeah, Tony was our first million dollar coach.
0: Not even Mike Price. Not, yeah. Not even the guy who took us to two Rose Bowls. Tony Bennett. No. Tony Bennett of yeah, NXT, I think that Virginia. shows
1: that if we have success, WSU can absolutely be a basketball school if we have success. Like people will go apeshit over it. And 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 Beasley, when the team is going good, is an insanely awesome place. And I just hope that we even just get it to the point where like because even the crowds when uh, Bone had him in the uh, CBI were pretty damn good and people were fired up. So like just give us anything that that is relevant in any sort of way and, and like people will latch on like, there's like the students want to go to the games if they're going to be fun like the and and then the atmosphere right. is there and then if we know the atmosphere is going to be fun that's going to make other people want to go more so it's just you know i'm 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 hoping that this is as as, as exciting as it is right now i'm i'm hoping all this shit you know cuz i'm i'm thinking how much uh well it's pretty like so i remember when i know with i know you and jeff, jeff and i we were just when when uh Brad Stevens was at Butler just mm. massive crush on Brad Stevens. Mm. Like, oh my God, this is unhealthy. Unhealthy. And I'm so. Um, I'm an Indiana fan, so I don't really care for <laughs> Butler. We, we always kind of hope that Butler, or
2: we always hope that Stevens would eventually find his way to IU, and then he went to the Celtics. So you know he what might. We, yeah, he's I mean he. <laughs> yeah, they, they still might think he, he might still come back.
1: Yeah, no, no, I mean that's, that's, that's still in
0: Boston these like, days. Like a th-
1: if I was him, I would get the fuck out of the NBA. That is still very, very much a
2: meme. Not, we're, we're tied up with our right now. But, yeah, that, that is still very much a thing that uh, that everyone thinks that Stevens is coming home, even though IU is not home. But, anyway, I'm sorry.
1: Brad Stevens. Right, well, yeah. no. Anyway, so when I was at uh, my last job, um, I remember uh, right when I got hired, there was this picture of Brad Stevens, like, collapsing to the ground and, like, screaming and i that was my uh that, that was my short-lived twitter avatar cuz it was just like my most favorite picture ever and and my uh i remember my new boss was like so um i don't think you should have like a random basketball coach as you're screaming into the oblivion <laughs> as your twitter avatar and i'm like that was so sad. I was like, I want this to be my Twitter avatar forever. And I don't even, I don't even know if I could find the picture again. But it was like hilarious because I had just like, I remember when it was during, uh, it was during or, or after one of their uh, final four runs. And and he talked. to me There was this article about him. After every game, he opens up his laptop and goes to KenPom.com. And I would just be like, Oh my god, that's so amazing. But I'm gonna say like right now, um, you can absolutely expect us to write more about basketball next year because if, that just just knowing that the coach is using the analytics, like knows that what I'm writing about is, is like relevant. And like with Ernie, there was like what do you read about? Like he runs a fucking like there's no discernible offense. There's no discernible defensive philosophy um it it was just a nightmare but here it's just going to be like this is what we do like this is what we do and even if it's not a specific style on the court analytics is what we do and honestly as as a nerd like i am and and uh and we all are it's just that's just fucking amazing like it's so great like i'm so excited i and it the funny thing is like i I wasn't even thinking about Kyle Smith because I wasn't thinking it would be a guy that they would go after. Like, Jeff, like, w- was Kyle Smith on your mind?
0: Well, he was a guy who came up on a lot of lists. Um, and so I know, like, when, when you know, when we wrote our, you know, search firm thing, just, you know, very tongue in cheek. But, um, you know, he was a guy whose name came up and we didn't write about him because i think we were sort of trying to focus on you know kind of off the radar type guys or or guys who made a lot of sense i mean russell turner was a guy who was you know very much on the radar but you know made a lot of sense for the reasons that you know pat chun said you know Cal smith wasn't a guy who who sort of jumped off the page immediately to me um you know obviously i'd seen his name you hadn't really looked too closely at him and in fact um, you know, when he was hired, my first thought was, eh, okay, I guess, you know, just my, my first thought was, you know, this is really underwhelming and not, not that I expected to be, you know, overwhelmed, you know, by, by the guy who was eventually hired, but this was one where I kind of thought, okay, you know, all right, that's fine. You know, he he got some, you know, moderate success in San Francisco. That's nice, you know, whatever. And, and then again, you know, the more I dug into it, the more I was just like, oh, all right okay, cool. Like, okay. And then, you know, we, we keep talking about that athletic article, but you know, that, that is sort of the thing where you go, Oh, okay <laughs> you know and and it and all of a sudden starts to make a lot more sense so you know yeah i mean he was on the radar in the sense that you know his name had sort of been thrown out there in the you know particularly from the national guys because you know i mean they follow the same kind of formula you know they look for okay who's been who's worked in a mid-major who's reasonably successful in the region you know and so guys like him and um you know the other smith i'm, I'm totally blanking on his name but you know out craig, of utah craig, craig, smith, craig smith. Yes, smith craig smith craig how could i forget
1: Yeah. Thank you. Come on.
0: It's terrible. I feel I'm ashamed now. Uh, You know, so Craig Smith at Utah state, you know, they just, they just start throwing out names of, you know, guys who were successful at mid majors. I mean, obviously, you know, I mean with, you know, Leon Rice, we did the same thing five years ago. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of the the tried and true formula. So I didn't really pay a ton of attention to it. And I didn't really look that closely at Kyle Smith, because like I said, I was kind of, you know, just for my own, you know, shits and giggles, I was like, you know, I'm going to look for guys who are maybe off the beaten path, something, you know, kind of fun to write about that's, that's different, um, you know, so sort of, again, pulling back the curtain a little bit, you know, Craig and I write about things that we enjoy writing about. <laughs> so we're we're going to write about things when it's like, yeah, this is interesting to us. So for me, it was interesting to say, OK, you know, who are some names that I could maybe pull out that, you know, might be a little bit different? Um, well, let me let me qualify so, that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Kyle and I write whenever we feel like it. Jeff does a lot of the dirty work
0: okay, where he's just
1: like, I feel like I have to write about this. Uh, <laughs> Sherwood and truth. I Sherwood and I are just like we're almost emeritus at this point, but, but like <laughs> we're just like but now I'm like you've you've drawn me back in, Pat. you've drawn me back in i I might have to make time for this now.
0: But this is all like so much better when it's interesting, right? Like that's, like ultimately that's what it's all about, and that's why we do what we do. I mean, we're not, none of us is getting rich here. So, you know, we like doing things I mean, that are Jeff, interesting. Jeff,
1: you're not getting rich.
0: No, oh, I'm not. Oh,
2: he hasn't been coming to the rich guy meetings. I, oh my god.
0: Shit, did I, did I miss my invitation? to actually throw it away with the junk mail.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we, we, I mean, sent it to oh. the wrong Skype. I mean the the last the last get together was on a yacht. I didn't on Kyle's yacht. Yeah, uh, it was either my yacht or Kyle's. Wait,
0: yacht, Kyle has a yacht. The,
1: well, the, I, I a yacht know. I made. Uh,
2: I, I bought specifically through uh, paying through uh, with clicks. So yes, <laughs> I don't have that many clicks. So yeah. those are some expensive yeah. ass clips. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you to all who, when you click on the link, you pay us five hundred dollars. I i don't know why you do that um but i appreciate it um and thank you for directing it to kyle and i um sorry jeff i don't know but anyways what what were you saying about not not, not, not getting rich after this Yes. I
0: don't even remember. I just, just basically saying, like, this is a lot more fun when it's interesting. And, you know, the, things are about to get interesting again. And, and that's, you know, I feel about this now in a way that I never felt about Ernie. Um, even though Kyle Smith wasn't a guy who was on my radar, um, you know, it's a guy who, the deeper I look into him, the more I'm like, yeah, I can buy this. I can get into this. I, you know, and again, who knows if it works out? I mean, nobody does. But you know, you you try to make decisions based on process. And I'm impressed that you know Pat Chen seems to have made a decision based on process. And you know Kyle Smith has a very stated process that I can get behind. And uh, and kind of like you said, you know, when you can latch on to something stylistically, um, you know, that makes it a lot more interesting to watch and a lot more interesting to write about. You know, it's kind of like what we did with Mike Leach, right? You know, like the air raid is a very defined. Um, very easy easy is not maybe not the right word but but if you know what you're looking for you can see it right and so you know that that does make it to some degree a little more um, a little a little easier to write about and I think Kyle Smith could be like that you know now that we can say okay this is what we do and it's the same thing with the Bennetts you know I mean there became an identity there, where people came to the games knowing, hey, we're going to play lockdown defense. I mean, I mean, Craig, you were in the house for a lot of those games. I mean, Kyle and I are a little older, but you were in the house for a lot of those games where, you know, I mean, there was almost nothing as loud as when the defense would get the shot clock down to the last, you know, five, six, seven seconds, and the place just starts going bananas, right? Because the other team can't even figure out how to get off a shot. You know, you give the you give fans something to latch onto. And they'll latch on to it if you have some success.
2: I will say this. I've I've been to uh, a handful of the arenas in in the Big Ten. I've been to Kentucky. I've been to uh, where else have I been? I've been to South Carolina. Uh, I've I've never seen anything like those two years that Tony was really good. The WSU student section. I've never seen anything that intimidating in any arena I've ever been to. And so, I mean, and, and I mean that, I mean that sincerely. I don't mean that because it's a team that I root for. I mean, there's, there's something to be said about 5,000 students standing right on top of you. And so I, if you can recreate that, which, I mean, you've only been able to do once or twice, I, it's, it's something special that, uh, that, that, that can absolutely work in your favor. I, I mean, like you, like you said, I mean, I went to school in the, uh, in, the, in the Paul Graham era. I'm pretty sure I went to maybe three games in the four years I was there. So, so I, I did not uh, fall in love with Cougar basketball when I was in school. I, I I fell in love with it watching how the students reacted in those in those few in those few Tony years. And uh, and I think that's what uh China, China kind of lifts her to that too is that uh, is that you know right now there's no students that really care about uh, about uh, Cougar basketball and they're gonna they're going to graduate without caring about student without without caring about Cougar basketball if they don't do something about that. So I think that uh, that this this might be a very fun experiment to see if, if they can, uh, I mean, you don't, I don't even think you need to be a top 15 team to recreate what they did. It's just, if you can, if you can, uh, convince, you know, 5,000 students to show up, you're going to, you're going to make a very scary, you're going to make for a very scary arena.
1: That yeah, should... yeah. Yeah. And I, obviously I, I was there, my senior year was, uh, Tony's first year. And then, uh, My second senior year when I was student teaching was my, uh, so I still had a student pass. So I went to a few games, but not a lot, but it it was just, so I remember my um, sophomore year, they started the zoo crew. And I was like, this is so like, I signed up for it, but I was like, this is so stupid. Like there's no one in this arena. No one's going to care. Like the, like no one's going to sign up for this. Like, this is kind of silly. I signed up because like, you could win prizes for going to the games, and I won a fucking trip to the Pac-10 tournament, so that was pretty great. Um, but uh, which, uh, yeah, I guess I could talk about, but it was pretty awesome. Uh, there was 17 of us that qualified. You had to go to a certain number of games. Uh, you had to go to a certain number of women's games as well. Um, so uh, I would uh, on my work breaks. Uh, run to the stadium and scan my card, and then go back to work <laughs> so I could get the points. Um, but yeah, so I, um, I suppose the statute of limitations have expired since uh, you were in college. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You can't take the trip away from me. Yeah. I already went on it. Um, <laughs> suck it, nerds! <laughs> suck it, nerds! But yeah, so uh, but yeah, but I remember my my sophomore years when they started the zoo crew, and uh, and it was uh, Bennett's second year, or Dick Bennett's second year. And it was just like, no one gives a fuck about basketball here. Like, uh, my freshman year uh, was uh, when they blew that lead late to Stanford. And that definitely wasn't a five-second violation. So, fuck you, ref. But anyway, so, but uh, um, I wrote, I hate Stanford after that game on my, um, for some reason in the dorms, you have little whiteboards on the wall for people to leave you messages, I guess. I wrote it on there and it just stayed on there. The rest is like, I had that whiteboard for years and I just left, I hate Stanford on there for years, but, but yeah, that, there was a good crowd for that. I remember that being actually uh, difficult. Like you had to, you, if you didn't get there like early, you had to um, like sit off to the side or whatever. And, uh, but by the time my, uh, my senior year, uh, I was thinking Zaga was the first sellout. And it was, honestly, it was like 3,000 Zag fans and 7,000 Koog fans or whatever. Um, but it was like one of the coolest atmospheres I've ever been in because like all the Zag fans and all the Koog fans who are probably secretly Zag fans and like were just like, oh my God, we're going to beat Gonzaga. This is crazy because I love Gonzaga. But um, so that was one of the best atmospheres. And then the UW game that year. They actually had to turn student. They turned like thousands of students away. So many students wanted to get into that game, and and it was it was just a crazy atmosphere. And so that's definitely like it doesn't take it. That was halfway through a good season. It doesn't take that much, like because that was in January. So WSU at that point was you know doing well but it was it was it was only midway through the season and and uh, there was no guarantee of them actually being good like i I think with wsu and any program you're always like "Eh, this could all fall apart at any moment uh but but man it was just crazy you know by my senior year at the ucla game we camped out overnight like to to go to a basketball game on a thursday and that was so crazy and like so like we we i remember playing uh modded um we played uh for any of my friends that may be listening that were in that or anybody that was in this line we played we someone had an n64 and it was modded to play sports jeopardy from the um super nintendo so we played like sports jeopardy for hours in line like it was crazy like people would line up for basketball games overnight like could you like now i like this year, I could imagine you could show up five minutes after tip off and have a front row seat. Like it's so. If if there's any modicum of success, sounds like college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if there's any motive, <laughs> yes, that emulates um uh, the the uh, the the experience for any other part of college as well. Uh, but yeah, if there's any any success at all, like uh, the students will come, and that obviously doesn't drive revenue. But it, but it makes it fun. Like it may, even when you're watching it on TV, um, you'd notice this year that like the students didn't give a fuck, and they kind of gave a fuck at that UW game, and they were like, this kind of seems a little better. Yeah,
2: because they won, it, they won a couple games in a row, and then uh, yeah, UW came to town and we got smashed.
1: Yeah, it but literally I- took two wins for students, and then UW being there for the students to give a shit. So in basketball, like, you can swing the pendulum pretty quickly. I would say that
2: students do uh, swing the pendulum, or they do drive revenue eventually. Because I mean, I I I remember going to games in the Bone era, like I think during that that clay that clay season. Uh, where we went to the NIT. I went there specifically because I wanted to see what the students were doing. <laughs> and uh, I remember going to three or four games just because I, I remember watching them on television. Uh, and I remember the the arena being pretty loud, despite there not being a whole lot of people in the uh, high dollar seats. So I was trying to figure out how many people were actually in the arena. And so I think there, there, there are... I, I do think when you have a, a loud arena on television, it, it does make people want to uh, be a part of that. And uh, and it, it's infectious. I I, I think... If, if he can win the students so if kyle smith can win the students over quickly i think that this could this could get fun very quickly we might not be good quickly but we might be fun quickly
1: yeah and i and i think it also that there's a point of that if the, the if you get to get them when they're students uh there's a lot of people from my um age that are probably super stoked right now and those people that would be like we have to hire a you know Ben Johnson or uh, or uh, Rick Sanchez or whatever Ron Sanchez sorry not Rick Sanchez uh, that's Rick and Morty. Well what's um, well, what's Rick Sanchez
0: <laughs> doing? Let's give him a call. <laughs> Maybe. Is, does what, he have any does he have Kyle, any to Kyle. what where the fuck was
1: Chud? Look why didn't you look at Hambone man? Like I know he, that would have
2: been great if we had hired a Hambone we could have gotten a uh, we could have gotten e e-cigarette deal or a, what do they call it, vaping? <laughs> <laughs> be vaping on the sideline giant mustache mustaches are huge in Pullman right now i've heard
0: listeners to the podcast who don't know what they're talking about just do a quick google search of cook center hambone you'll find it
2: it's not Definitely. it's not worth it
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's but not also, even worth it. but also seconds it's, it
1: it's, it's the peak of both sherwood and mine's uh careers at cook center
0: yeah, so. it was definitely downhill from there. <laughs> Although, did uh, did all the uh, the what the hell is a series that that came after that, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely the peak.
1: Well, that's that's why they kept losing, Kyle. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> made <fall>. those. <laughs> How dare you make fun yeah, of we, the other? De- team. We definitely
2: took shit for that, just like we took shit about uh, making fun of the Ernie hire. But who was right about that, bitches?
0: <laughs> we were right.
1: It's all right, the kooks on Twitter account is taking shit because um we are making because we don't like gonzaga I don't I, I I'm sorry if you like a team and someone else doesn't like'. Them. I know it's really hard for you to deal with It's a
0: hard concept
1: like it's a really hard concept i I know it's just rough that not everyone likes the thing that you like, but um fuck Gonzaga, and yeah. hopefully fuck you know Mark hopefully Fee. hopefully um. Kyle Smith makes WSU good enough that Mark few will want to play us. And then we'll be like, no,
0: no, I want to beat their better teams. That's what I want.
1: No. Yeah. No, actually. Yeah. But yeah, that would be great to play them again and beat them. Uh, those are actually really fun too. those like few years that the games were close and, and relevant. Um, that was a fun, uh, rivalry and i just want fun basketball again and i hope honestly it'll be fun for me just knowing that there's a nerd on the sideline and like so it, let me let me read this quote that uh michael Preston used in an article he, he quoted it from the um athletic article uh randy bennett and kyle smith this is when smith was at saint mary's with uh, randy bennett formulated their own system which bennett took to saint mary's in 2001 with smith as his top lieutenant Inheriting the no-name program off of a twenty-seven season. Can you imagine St. Mary's going 2-27? and, 20, two and 27? That's so crazy, like, thinking of what they are now. They felt free to experiment. They drank Ken Pomeroy's sight from a fire hose. I they know. Dog, they dog-eared pages of Moneyball. Like, that's fucking cool, man. Drank Ken Pem- Pomeroy's sight from a fire hose. Yeah. Like,
0: this is our guy. This is, are we, what, what do you, are we what do you, the unofficial you, presidents of the Kyle Smith fan club now?
1: Yes. And what do you think that Ernie Kent drank from a fire hose? Oh, God.
0: I don't know. <laughs> Kyle, you're the jokes. What did Ernie Kent drink? <laughs> we lost Kyle.
1: No comment. No I, comment. I think a thing on there. Uh, yeah, we lost Kyle. Um, yeah, he's, he's on here. But... Uh, <laughs>
0: No, we lost him. He's gone.
1: Oh, he's gone. Um,
0: (laughs) He's like, screw you guys. I'm not telling any more jokes. It's time to end this thing.
1: He might come back. Um, I I, I honestly don't... Oh, there he's back.
0: There's Kyle. Yeah. (laughs) This is a high quality podcast.
1: So Jeff and I spent money on nice microphones, but you just can't... You you can't beat the quality of, of... microsoft skype product um yeah so uh kyle's gonna fuck with his audio here to get it working again but um let's see where are we at i don't know i don't know how much time left because we were talking so long before the podcast started it's, but...
0: it's probably time to wrap it up
1: <laughs> yeah I don't know. Yeah, we're not going to... We This was just about the coach. It's it's fine. That's all you wanted. If we'll talk
0: about next. other things. Another we'll time. talk about other
1: things next week. I don't know. I mean, maybe. we
0: spared everybody from talking about the Mueller report. We could have done that.
1: Yeah, we were probably going to do that, but then stuff happened, so we'll probably not ever talk about it. So, sorry. No, we'll
0: probably talk about okay, it. Okay,
1: fine. We'll talk it's, about it.
0: I don't think it's going away anytime soon.
1: But but anyway, so... um. Just I I just a teaser, a little a little teaser. I don't want to give anything away because we probably shouldn't yet. But just if you're heading to Pullman for the spring game, keep keep your morning open. Keep around yeah. 10 a.m. open.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, keep around 10 a.m. open. Um, hopefully by next week we'll have an announcement to make. But uh, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be something I didn't even imagine. Uh, doing when we started this, uh, but um, yeah, keep 10 a.m. open on Saturday at the spring game. Um, you won't regret it,
0: or maybe you. Well, will. you might regret it, but because
1: yeah, you probably will regret it.
0: You'll probably regret
1: it. Yeah, um, there's probably going to be beer involved, so you probably won't regret it. There will
0: but, definitely be beer involved.
1: But um, so, um, please, if you like this, uh, please go to um and like uh give us a five star rating on whatever thing that you listen to it on um if you have any questions comments whatever uh send them to us at podcast versus everyone at gmail.com um i see kyle we see kyle's face can you hear me oh there we go yeah so
2: well, he's got on
1: my desktop, so I'm with my phone. He's got AirPods in, he's so he's looking
2: AirPods
0: really cool. AirPods in, yeah. Man, we are on it.
2: I bought that with uh, with all my Kickstarter Center money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm laughing, because there's no way you did
1: that. The yacht was cheaper than the AirPods. <laughs> I know, might have been. <coughs> but yeah, um, yeah, f- uh, listen to Kyle's other podcast when football season comes. Yeah. Out.
2: Cougar football Saturday <laughs> if we ever get around to it yeah we, we don't really uh get into the uh the intricacies of Mike Leach football as much as we talk about uh, uh beer and farting and uh tailgating but uh, it, it's a fun listen
0: uh, and cereal yeah. I do yeah. <laughs> I do distinctly remember the one episode about cereal
2: yeah we talk about cereal mascots a lot um we we, <laughs> we, we really like to figure out who would win fights between like Count Chocula and Boo Berry yeah, and, and, you know, and guys
0: like that so don't so, pretend uh, yeah. that's not a worthy endeavor.
2: Yeah, it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So me me and uh, Blackie and Gabe and Jeff we we have a we have a great time. So please please uh download the Cougar Football Saturday Saturday Cast. We will likely have something up for Spring Ball that will have nothing to do with Spring Ball. It'll be fun.
1: Spring Ball is stupid. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, I it takes a long time to drive to Pullman. That's why it doesn't like the more WSU podcasts the better. Um. Hey. It's it's like a
0: golden age of WSU podcasts right now.
2: I mean, we'll all probably get bored and quit all at the same time. So it'll be fun.
0: That might be true.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this will this as each are dying, we'll be guest hosts on each of the uh, podcasts.
2: We're all just just being slowly pulled into uh, to Preston's universe here eventually. So Uh, (laughs) he's just going to all make us part of his network
1: eventually the kook center hour is 14 people yeah just <laughs> just just the world's most disgusting conference call it's 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 basically like the cbs uh nb or the cbs nfl morning show but in podcast form so way worse <laughs> who the fuck is talking
2: <laughs> a hard stop here at uh 1 so if we could uh, if we could wrap up the podcast
0: there uh, you go i
1: i think it's good yeah i already uh told
0: you oh, that was to, a joke i didn't say we had no no we, <laughs>
1: dude, dude we were wrapping it up while you were no
0: it's uh, time to uh, wrap it up
1: yeah, yeah so yeah um yeah just uh follow us like us do all that fun stuff uh we tweet us at pod versus everyone um tweet kyle at big wood WSU is that that's what yours is right
2: I'm at both uh Bigwood WSU send all complaints to coach Grinch OSU
1: <laughs> yes that's Kyle's that's Kyle's burner account that, that's my burner account please uh please direct all complaints there uh, all right thanks everyone for listening Kyle thank you yeah joining our podcast it's been a pleasure guys am I the first guest
0: you are
2: Oh man, That's, They will uh, never
0: that, take that away from you.
2: That is depressing for you guys, but and uh, we
0: will
1: never live I, it down.
2: But I'm honored for it. So, uh, I'm glad I'm glad I, I'm glad I could be here for all the shit that just went down.
1: All right. Well, we can all uh, the three of us or actually Kyle, are you are you making it over to Pullman for the spring game or no? Uh,
2: we're going to try. Work as a bitch right now, so we'll we'll figure it out.
1: Well, hopefully hopefully we'll all be there to uh to celebrate this basketball hire in Pullman and if not um we'll celebrate in in uh, in September so uh, thanks everyone for listening thanks again to Kyle Sherwood for joining us thanks Jeff and goodbye
0: goodbye go kooks
1: go kooks